the interesting thing, though, is that it is connected to the internet on, on the one end, and on the other end, it's connected to a gas-fired boiler in our basement. Hello, and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, part two in our series on privacy, security, and encryption. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. Welcome back. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Uh, accidental accidental um, vacation there. Yes, accidental hiatus. Yeah, it happens to everyone. <laughs> Premature hiatus. Yep. This, that does sound like a medical condition. It does, it does, yeah. It's, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. Yes, but we digress. Welcome to part two of our Privacy, Security, and Encryption mini-series. This week, we want to talk about the idea of someone hacking your house. Yeah, yeah. Physical, I guess physical safety is accurate. A lot of these things would be just annoying, but some of them would, would truly be unsafe. <laughs> yeah, like, I think people are used to the concept of getting their credit card information stolen or something like that but that doesn't really amount to physical safety but once somebody can hack your iron or your stove or your secure home security system yeah it starts to get a little weird yeah so in the continuing theme of the line between meat space and cyberspace blurring we thought we would talk about some possible scenarios where you know a hacker could gain access to certain things and create mayhem in your household so the thing about smart homes is that you can imagine a lot of use cases that are actually kind of convenient, kind of interesting, like being able to, I don't know, connect your thermostat to the internet, for example. Do you guys have a Nest thermostat? Uh, we don't. I've thought about getting one a few times, um, but it's just for for no more use than we would get out of it. It's still kind of, kind of pricey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, my favorite part about it is the way it looks compared to the way the old one looked. Because they, <laughs> right. they are horribly ugly. Usual, you know, a regular thermostat's usually horribly ugly. Right. The same color as an old like beige PC. Oh, uh, we we have a we have a nice digital one. It doesn't doesn't look bad on the wall. Um, cool. But it's you know it's not internet connected or anything. It's just a just your basic Honeywell digital thermostat for heat pumps. Mm. Well, we do have an older version of the Nest thermostat and it's pretty cool. It looks cool. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, we aren't really the right use case for it because we are mm -hmm. home most of the time. Yeah. So it same doesn't here. Really, yeah. It doesn't really, you know, the cool part about it is that it would turn on and off cause it gets used to your schedule, but we're always on. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that's about it. But so the interesting thing though, is that it is connected to the internet on, on the one end and on the other end, it's connected to a gas fired boiler in our basement. <laughs> yeah yeah we don't we don't have gas heat so we don't, wouldn't have that issue but still <laughs> yeah it is kind of funny now that i think about it because yeah. the nest is such a such a futuristic modern appliance and our boiler is literally older than the 70 year old guy that we had come look at it a couple of right. years ago who said i've never seen anything like this before it's older than me and i'm not going to touch it <laughs> <laughs> that's reassuring yeah and now it's connected to the internet yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious it is pretty weird when you think about it yeah uh so and we have had problems with our boiler in the past and mm -hmm. it's it's non-trivial you know if in the in the winter i guess it could be worse if it wasn't on but in the winter we you know live in a the northeast uh united states it gets very cold and in fact it's what april mm -hmm. april 5th as we record this and i'm looking at six inches of snow outside so yeah. um 
it would be bad for it to be off, but it's almost as bad when it won't turn off. Yeah. Yeah, we lived in an apartment in Calgary, which you can imagine gets even colder. And we had, like, the heat was included in the rent, which was great. We didn't have to pay extra for it, but we also had no control over it. It was just a boiler in the basement that was pretty much always on. And so it would be it would be negative 40 outside, and we'd have the windows open. <laughs> yeah, that's what we had to do. In yeah. fact, the first time it happened, I was on a trip. And Erica was like, the boiler won't shut off. It's like 95 degrees. <laughs> We're baking. <laughs> open the window. Yeah, and that's what they had to do. They opened the window yeah. until I got back. And then my solution when I got back was to poke at it with a drumstick until I found <laughs> found something that clicked and it went off. Right. And hence the 70-year-old guy coming in to look at it and saying, I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Or a drumstick. Yes. I was like, well, you can use my drumstick. <laughs> P.S. It was a musical instrument drumstick, not a, like a chicken leg. <laughs> that would have been very strange and very comical. <laughs> that would have been funny. Um, okay, so the use case for attaching the thermostat to the internet is there's a, it's maybe it's obvious, but it can check the weather and you know it can check the weather, it can check your schedule, it can check your calendar, it mm-hmm. can see when you're going to be home, when you have a meeting out of the house, when you're going to be away. It can act, it, I don't the Nest doesn't track your well, it does sort of track your location. It tracks whether or not you're home. Yeah, it's not really tracking your location, but it can track all of these things and it can correlate them in the cloud. And then it can, you know, hopefully make smart decisions about when to turn the boiler on and off or the heater on and off. And that saves you money. And so you're like, oh, well, if I spend a couple hundred bucks on this thing, it's going to save me a couple hundred bucks over the course of a couple of years. Plus it looks pretty and it's kind of cool. Yeah. So you can imagine other, you can imagine other appliances though in your house that. You could make a similar use case for, you know, like a vacuum cleaner. So you can imagine connecting a Roomba to, well, in fact, they are connected to the internet. I don't know if, know if you can control oh, them. Yeah, well, I'm saying that because I had a meeting with them once. I don't know if they ever ended up doing it, but mm-hmm. I, I think it was on you know, a long time ago on the roadmap. Yeah, I've been thinking about getting a Roomba. Yeah, me too, actually, for the new office, perhaps. Mm. But the idea is that, you know, you could have this, you could, uh, it could, sort of the same thing. It could know your comings and goings and only vacuum the house when you weren't home. That would be much more convenient, I would think, that it would be not roaming around the house underfoot when you were there. Yeah, or it wouldn't have to run at night and make noise. Yeah, you can you can imagine it. Uh, you could also imagine putting a webcam on it and scaring your animals by <laughs> like a little speaker. Yeah, that, that's, that's mainly why I want to get one. <laughs> See the reaction. Yeah, get some revenge on the cat. Heck yeah. So yeah, some robotic revenge, some terrifying robotic revenge. Mm-hmm. So imagine, you know, if you keep thinking like, oh, well, you know, it would be kind of cool if my coffee maker or my garbage disposal or my washer and dryer or dishwasher, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are compelling use cases to connect any of these things to the Internet, uh, like, you know, dishwasher or washing machine. You know, you can already buy versions of these that are connected to dash replenishment services, Amazon's mm-hmm. Amazon's API that allows them to automatically reorder soap and stuff. You can imagine connecting your garbage disposal to the internet uh, for, you know, say the, the company will uh, track maintenance on the thing or let you know if it needs to be repaired. We've had problems with our garbage yeah. disposal in the past. Yeah. yeah. And I think we've talked about it before with the water heater when you're having the water heater issue. 
Uh, then it would be nice if the appliances would let us know when they're about to break. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When our, yeah, exactly. When our water heater broke, I was like, is my water heater connected to my garbage disposal? <laughs> so, but yeah, absolutely. It would be so great if the, if the, instead of the water heater signaling to me that there was a problem by leaking water all over the basement, if it was like, Hey, I'm leaking water and sent me like a text message, you know, like what's the big deal. So you can imagine if we just consider like climate control and money savings, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, a lot of reasons to connect things. Yeah. So anything that, anything that uses water or electricity, you can make a use case for connecting it so you can track the usage and anything that controls your climate, like AC fans, space heaters, the boiler, the thermostat, obviously all of that stuff. Yeah, and then you take into things into account things that you may actually want third party monitoring on are going to be connected over the internet, like a security system or oh right, mm-hmm. yeah. baby monitors, uh, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of internet connected baby monitors out there now. Yes, that is true. Just, Which is a little weird, actually. Yeah, it is, it is a little weird. <laughs> like, like, why are you not home? <laughs> why are you not where the baby is? <laughs> right, like it doesn't need to be connected to the Wi-Fi so you can just so you listen. can see it from downstairs right yeah so okay so if you imagine that uh, you've got basic appliances attached to the internet and you've got utility basically anything that touches a utility attached to the internet mm-hmm. and you get some clown from 4chan who figures out <laughs> how to hack it hack into your central thing so you've got like a central controller like revolve or uh, the mm-hmm. samsung one whatever whichever one you have they get some clown that that gets in there yep your hell 9000 gets hacked exactly and you know your pod bay doors can be open and closing like right. non-stop <laughs> right the garage the garage door that that knows when you're about to come home and and start, turns on your garage lights and opens the door when you get when you when you turn up the driveway is going <laughs> to going to be opening and closing on you all the time <laughs> yeah so just imagine walking into your house your garage door is endlessly going up and down your vacuum cleaner is running your blender is running your coffee grinder is running your garbage disposal washing machine dryer dishwasher every sink and tub is just like constantly running water toilets are flushing endlessly yeah or or worse the the gas for your your um your boiler is turned on but the pilot light is shut off yeah, totally. Yeah, that's like straight into straight into danger zone. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like annoying hacker zone. Yeah, like just even just having your AC and fans maxed while your space heater and and boiler are both maxed. <laughs> never right. mind. Never mind if you yeah, you've yeah. got like windows that can open and close. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I mean, so imagine you come home, showers on and the toilet's flushing. Yeah, like what, like. I, I was thinking, like, what would I do if I came home and my house was basically going crazy? It would just be total chaos. And if you've got, like, a 50 different devices with 50 different connections, like, what do you do? Yeah, I would go to the main breaker for the house and shut off all the electricity. Right. <laughs> and then go around one by one and, like, reboot the toilet or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, how... Right? Because it's not, it's not like... It's not like a single point of control. It's like all over the place. It would be so physically annoying. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these things, sure, they're going to connect through your Wi-Fi. So you could just turn off your Wi-Fi, block them at the router, whatever. But these these 2G and 3G chips, like uh, it's getting so inexpensive. 
to stick like a cell phone, like a cellular chip in something that pretty soon, like you're not going to need a Wi-Fi network for everything to connect to. Yeah. That's how I would do it. If I was making a, a, a connected hardware device, that's, I don't know if it's economically feasible yet, but that's what I would want to do. The way the original mm-hmm. Kindles worked mm-hmm. was just like WhisperNet, you know, yeah. they just like, they just like f- for free stuff could magically be downloaded to your Kindle over, you know, it turned mm-hmm. out it was over, they licensed 2G spectrum that was relatively inexpensive because no one really wanted it. Yeah. That's still a thing. Yeah. That would be that to me, that's the way to go. So you don't mm-hmm. have to connect to the Wi-Fi and deal with all those shenanigans. I mean, we, we have over a hundred things connected to our Wi-Fi, and it's now it's like failing constantly because it has too many connections. It's not supposed to handle that many connections. Right. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I had like 19 and I thought it was a lot. Mm. No, we've got, it's ridiculous. I mean, phones alone. I mean, they're not all connected at the same time. It's like the, that's the whole history of things that have been connected. I'm not sure which ones are right. active, but we, I can think of 20 off the top of my head easily. You know, between light bulbs and Amazon echoes and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just, we just added uh, a couple of more hue bulbs and it was just, it was a, it was a challenge just to, to get those connected. Yeah. So wouldn't it be cool if they just had 3G chips and you just claimed the, you know, they have some unique identifier that you could just claim in your account. Mm Mm-hmm. So as you started to mention the, the, the idea of the pilot light going out and the gas running in the boiler, you could imagine someone either inadvertently or advertently, I guess, uh, doing something really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you come home and I mean, even if, if you could turn on a stove remotely or an iron, anything that creates heat, uh, yeah. I mean, even really even a space yeah. heater. <laughs> I'm looking at the soldering iron sitting on my de- on my desk over here. We have a couple of. I'm embarrassed to admit we're in the habit of sometimes leaving a. Um, we have this really huge cast iron pot, like one of those Staub cast iron casserole things. It's giant. Mm-hmm. It's probably like a, I don't know, six quart, eight quart giant pot that Erica makes stock chicken yeah. stock and stuff like that. In. Yeah. And it's not uncommon for me to not want to wash that thing at the end of the night. Which is like weighs right. a ton and right, yeah. yeah. So I'll leave it there with the lid on, and you know, if somebody, there's often my point is there's often stuff on the stove, even when we're not using the stove. Uh, it could be a cutting board or an oven mitt, right? Or maybe someone actually, yeah, like like you said, an oven mitt, or someone accidentally knocks, knocks a dish towel over there and it gets against a burner, or yeah, yeah, or there's a pot that that is on there that could potentially boil over. Yeah. If, you know, it was unexpected. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wooden spoon that got left over, left laying there, whatever. Right. And it's almost like, uh, what's the, what's the, uh, oh God, what's the guy's name? The, the spy, um, the Matt Damon spy series. Oh, um, Jason Bourne. Yeah. It, it's almost like a plot out of a Jason Bourne movie that somebody <laughs> hacks into your stove, blows out the pilot light, lets the gas go and then turns it back on. Then turns the pilot light back on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boom! What happened? You know, actually, that that was part of the beginning of Fight Club. To tell you the truth, that was it. Yeah, that's <laughs> I've spo- never seen spoilers. Fight Club, so oh, it's kind of a guy movie, but man, is it good? Yeah, well, I keep meaning to watch it, but kind of a guy movie. Understatement kind of, of the year. <laughs> I like a lot of Aaron Sorkin stuff. So, is he the one that did Social Network? He did Social Network. I believe he did, didn't. He also do the new, um, the good Steve Jobs movie, and he also did The West Wing. Oh, I love the West Wing. It's one of my favorite shows. I have not seen it. 
so we're even on our yeah you need to, oh you need to watch the west wing it's on netflix oh cool you'll be sucked in excellent well so so anyway <laughs> yeah i mean anyway back to blowing up our house yeah um, back to 4chan <laughs> blowing up our houses yeah this is Actually, this is one of the reasons that uh, that we don't have gas heat or gas appliances. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that gas heat heats so much more efficiently, and gas stoves get hot right away, and all, it's great and all. But I have this fear of pilot lights going out and gas staying on. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's happened a couple times in my lifetime that a, a house in our neighborhood is completely flattened by mm-hmm. a gas leak. Maybe twice in my life. So once every twenty years whether you need it or not. <laughs> Neighbor's house gets flattened. <laughs> well, uh, if I can pick the neighbor. <laughs> it's like the finger of God. So it, even if we're not talking about blowing up your house, if somebody, I feel like the thing that's much more likely is that someone will just make your appliances go haywire. Mm-hmm. And, and I made a list of the things in, in, in <laughs> that I could just think of off the top of my head that have, I, uh, a piezo speaker, if that's how you say that, that has that super annoying beep sound. Yeah. And they all have the same one. It's all the same beep sound and everything. And it's like, you know, obviously you've got alarm clocks, you've got smoke detectors, you've got toaster oven, stove timer, microwave timer, our dishwasher, our dishwasher makes the same annoying beep. Our refrigerator makes the same beep. Imagine if you come home. That annoying, really freaking loud beep on the dryer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the doorbell. You know, <laughs> never mind like TVs and radios. It, like, if look if, look around your house and make a list of everything that has a speaker. Yeah, as a, it's gonna be a long list. All the stuff that can make noise. Yeah. Now, it, it, don't even bring up kids' toys. Like, <laughs> if those are connected. Yeah, that I was would, gonna say. Yeah, you literally go insane instantly. <laughs> But just yeah. imagine coming home to all your toilets flushing and all your water running and all of your kids' toys talking to you in that condescending tone and all of your stuff beeping. Oh, my God. It would be like – it would be and, – and every night, every night you come home and you're – it's again like they put some virus on your Wi-Fi and you just can't. Oh, forget every night when you come home. Every night an hour after you've gone to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, oh, God. Uh, the thermostat's going to tell – you're going to tell the hacker when you've gone to bed. Uh, that's See, that's when you just invest in those like $200 Sennheiser silence headphones. Yeah. I hope they're not connected to the internet themselves by that point. <laughs> There's no winning. <laughs> yeah. So now, now imagine if you've got like a, a humanoid robot in your house, like you get your own C-3PO running around, you know, in 50 years when we've got that thing gets hacked. There's no, the gloves are off. Yeah. Yeah. You, you might as well just like, move out at that point <laughs> right yeah c-3po wins yeah and you know make make sure there are no axes or or, or sharp knives in the house <laughs> yeah seriously it's like one thing for the robots to turn against us but it's another thing for anonymous to inhabit your butler mm-hmm. come after you yeah god makes me not want to participate in any of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna think twice about getting a um <laughs> a robot slave yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we need to worry about them becoming self-aware. It's more of them getting hacked. Like, the first thing is them getting hacked, right? Because think about it. Like, we're attaching motors and all sorts of actuators to the Internet. Yeah. And once you connect something to the Internet, you put a chip in it and you attach it to the Internet, it takes on all of the good and bad properties of a computer. 
Right. And I mean, maybe maybe something is not designed. Okay, maybe it's not designed that someone can remotely log in and take control of this thing. But if there's any way for this thing to automatically download updates, then, you know, it's hackable. It can it can be made to <laughs> it can be made to let people take control mm-hmm. because all you have to do is like well, I say all you have to do like it's some simple thing. Um but if you can if you can write data to a chip on the thing, then you can change its programming. Yeah. It, and the hardwood sort of smart hardware industry, if you want to call it that, the IoT mm-hmm. uh community at large is famously bad at securing the connections. So yeah. like, like no encryption, no, uh, security certificates, like no sign, uh, uh what am I trying to say? Signed updates, you know, so like a, a software yeah. update should be signed and should not be spoofable. Uh, but you know, you can go oh, on. That's that brings up an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, um, for Christmas, I got a little Amazon internet of things thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And a while back, I was playing with that and getting it talking to um, Amazon's IoT cloud service. Mm-hmm. And you do, you have to generate, in order to do that, you have to generate a key pair that actually lives on this little piece of hardware. Mm-hmm. So so they're doing it right. Yeah. But I'm, I'll bet you tons of, you know. Is, tons of services probably aren't. Yeah, is Belkin doing it right on everything? I doubt yeah, it. Yeah, and is, is, is Philips doing it right on their Hue? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Straight up HTTP access. To yeah. yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, there's a web server running on your Hue Light Bridge. Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw a a, a tweet from Securite, which mm-hmm. uh, Swift on security, which is like this hilarious Twitter account, which is this. I, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl actually, but it's a security professional who pretends to be like Taylor Swift talking about <laughs> security. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, you and I were both you and I were both hacking our Hue lights before they released the public API. Yeah, like we were sniffing network traffic to figure out how to connect to our lights before they made the API public, and it wasn't hard to do. No, because it wasn't encrypted, and even if it was, we could have man in the middled ourselves. Right. But so yeah, Securite retweeted a tweet from someone who you know he's always or he or she is always posting these uh, like horribly bad. Like, oh my God, I can't believe that's so insecure or whatever. Like who <laughs> built this thing? And one right. of them, one of them was a guy, uh, tweeted and he was like, that's nothing, dude. I used to work in a hospital and I found botnet on a heart monitor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Some like, some like Windows ME operating system from 10 million years ago, running a botnet <laughs> or participating in a botnet, I should say. On a heart monitor. Mm, yeah. Just some like weird, it's just, who knows even how it got there, if it was yeah. doing anything, but it got compromised somehow. Anyway, I guess the takeaway here is to not participate in the Internet of Things or or somehow <laughs> ensure that the stuff that you are buying has some kind of, I don't know, some kind of reasonable level of security. Yeah, or or find a way to like very quickly deploy a Faraday cage around your house. <laughs> right. Yeah, just get familiar with her that the giant on-off switch for your house is behind that gray panel. <laughs> yeah, and, and get you a drumstick to poke it with. <laughs> That's not, you're getting me hungry for lunch. Yeah, yeah, get you a chicken leg. Exactly. All right, well, I guess that's a good time to say that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye. And we hope we join you. (laughs) Yes, that too. (laughs) See you next time. 
Would you like to support Terrifying Robot Dog? Just think of two friends who would dig the show and send them to terrifyingrobotdog.com for links to iTunes, Facebook, and RSS feeds. If you don't have two friends, you can still help us out by leaving a nice review on iTunes. Thanks.